Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Today we have Victor Court, or Mr. Court to most of you, um, the current principal of Kilkeed High School. And today we're going to find a little bit about Mr. Court's history um, and how he ended up being in the role that he's in now and maybe what the future plans are. We'll see where the conversation takes us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe you'd want to uh, start out by um, telling us a little about yourself. Okay, uh, I'm Victor Court. I am originally from Cape Town, South Africa, and uh, I spent um, about 20 odd years there, 21 years in fact, uh, in South Africa, and uh, then moved to Namibia from there, uh, and went to be a missionary for six years, and uh, and uh, then my plans changed for my future. <laughs> it's a big difference then, I'm sure, from being there as to being here. Um, was, it, was the change of plans a woman? Uh, yeah, the, the change of plans were right. <laughs> Women, sorry. Well, was a woman. No, I, uh, I was working for, for Youth for Christ at the time, and... Uh, uh, Julie had been to uh, Gambia the year before um, during her summer holidays while she was at Stranmalas and uh, she was keen to return to the Gambia but there was a civil war at the time and um, we uh, we got this uh, this note uh, requesting if we can take a young lady from uh, from Northern Ireland to to work with us for six weeks and uh, it was a day before we would to take 12 young people to the border to go and build toilets because there was a civil war in Angola. And uh, so we were about to go on a mission team ourselves. And the next morning she was late, which meant that we were under pressure because the borders closed at sunset. And uh, so, and we were to drive for 12 hours. Oh. So before I even knew her, I was mad at her. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it was. That's not a good start. <laughs> Has that so, thing kind of continued there? Yeah, kind of, you know. <laughs> I know, I know. He's pulled it around. It's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so the, um, I, I guess we, we met there. And uh, it took uh, took me another three or four years to uh, to make a decision about moving uh, to Northern Ireland. And it, obviously, it wasn't an easy decision because uh, I'm the eldest. And at the time, my dad wasn't well. Um but uh, I had to be responsible for myself. And uh, I had a long chat with dad over the Christmas and uh, he reminded me that I had my own life to live. And uh, I guess that was a decision that I that I then made. But there were uh, a couple of things. And do stop me if I'm talking too no, much. No, it's great. Good to hear it. <laughs> um, but uh, there were a couple of things that, that really needed to happen before moving. It wasn't just a matter of, mm-hmm. of packing up. Uh, I I, uh, I wasn't happy just to leave my job because I I had seven young people working for me at the time. Students, in fact, some from Germany uh, who were on my staff. And uh, I needed somebody to lead the office. You know, that was the first thing. Uh, Secondly, Julie had to return to Northern Ireland and and get a job, Mm -hmm. you know, um, before, you know, I could move over. And then thirdly, I, I needed to get employment. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have been turned away at, at London, okay. you know, at Heathrow. And all those three things happened within a period of three months. Wow. So, uh, so that was great. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and so from that point, you find the person to take your place. You find your jobs. Um, 
what then happened like in terms of moving here is it yeah. quite difficult like obviously I've no idea of you know actually getting in to the country well um, yes uh, it was a, a difficulty there culture uh, changes <laughs> as well <laughs> well I I had a uh, I don't know if you know Namibia much, Amy and Ryan, but uh, it's um, a majority of the place is, is desert. Okay. okay? And uh, uh, we lived on the coast in a town called Swakopmund, and um, the capital city was four hours away. Um, and uh, I had a meeting at half eight with the British High Commissioner, uh, you know, one morning. And uh, so I left my house at four and drove through to the capital city. Uh, basically to be told that, you know, without a job offer, uh, there was no way that I was, uh, I was getting into the country. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, you know, drove back immediately, four more hours, went to the office, told my staff that I was taking the rest of the day off cause I was quite upset. Um, and, uh, I got some, uh, videos back then. Not as not as in DVDs, but <laughs> and uh, I, I went home and, and moped about while I watched a movie or two. And that very evening, um, I got a phone call from Hamilton Road Presbyterian Church in in Bangor, um, requesting me to come over for an interview. Wow! And um, because when Julie returned to Northern Ireland, she brought my CV with her yes. and so on. So um, I. Uh, it was interesting because I then requested of them if they could give me, you know, two or three weeks to get some money together for a flight ticket. They told me that they had just purchased me one and oh. I just had to go to the airport and pick it up. Wow. So, uh, you know, a, a couple of days later, I, I was on my way to Northern Ireland for the very first time. Okay. And a banger is quite a nice place to start out, actually. That was... <laughs> not the worst. Yeah. And you're no, right next to the coast as well. So there's a wee bit of home maybe there. <laughs> yeah. It, it Yeah. I mean, obviously it was different, you know, and uh, I guess when I arrived here, it was uh, at the start of summer. So uh, that was good. Um, and uh, the interview was uh, an entire weekend affair, so oh, wow. which was good. It's a big interview. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a big interview. Um, uh, my very f the first part of the interview was a football match. So I I was I ended up playing the Friday evening with some of the the, um, the BB old boys and some of the young people. And the Saturday morning, I had to run a uh, a Bible study group with some of the young people, and then I had the formal interview. Uh, with the uh, with the church the church leaders um, and uh, you know I was not the only candidate there was another gentleman from Canada and uh, the Sunday night I was informed that I I got the job so um, so that was great and uh, and then went home obviously then to to kind of pack up yeah. and get ready to to move on with my life as it were yeah okay so very good stuff. Um, so I, I just want to take a couple of steps back. Um, so you're born, brought up in South Africa. Um, what was that like? Um, surely that would have been a time where it was. Yeah, uh, it was very difficult. Um, you're asking very leading questions here, Ryan. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, could be sipping coffee at the time. Mm. Um, no, I, I obviously I was I was raised in in apartheid. You know, mm. in, in the time of, of of division in South Africa, and it was very difficult uh, being at school. Uh, our mm. schools were obviously segregated. Okay. And. Uh, um, I went to, attended a state school 
and uh, by that I mean um, that we had barbed wire around our school mm-hmm. fencing. Oh, wow. uh, and uh, you know, if at, um, I spent my last two years, uh, my two final years in school, one year not actually being in school because we had student boycotts in 1985. So school started in January, and we were—I think we were in school for two or three weeks, and that was it. Oh. And student boycotts and riots took over. And uh, we progressed. Then we, when it came to November, December, to our final exams, as it were, um, in the first part of our, our final two years of school, uh, we were given the option either to repeat the school year or to progress. And some of us decided to try it. And thanks to uh, my English teacher, who took a few of us under her wing, uh, and in a period of a month, she taught us six subjects. And uh, we uh, we made it through to our final year of school. My um, goodness! <laughs> but uh, so that was a that was a very interesting year. Um, but it was difficult, you know. I mean, uh, sometimes I wish that young people here yeah, uh, knew how lucky they were with regarding schooling. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a, a simple thing. You know, if uh, your windows were broken, then you move to the other side of the classroom because it'll rain through. You know, and half your classroom will be soaked because of the weather, and that's just how it was. You know, um, and so that's that's what schooling was like, and it, it was difficult. You know, because uh, I was running the Scripture Union at the time, and I remember attending a, a regional area meeting uh, with all schools in that area, uh, which included at that stage so-called white schools, and I remember um, driving into the school with uh, one of my teachers. And could not believe, you know, what I was seeing, that they had everything of the best and six rugby pitches, you know, and then hockey pitches. And and at our school, we had one pitch. And if you finished your match, then you had to realign the pitch for the next the next team or, you know, if they were playing the next day. So so that's what it was like, you know. Um, And uh, but 1985 was a very difficult year, you know, and if uh, if there is one regret that I have about growing up in South Africa, it would be that, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't educated. I didn't take the opportunities because there was none, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there's one thing that I was thankful for, for moving to my adopted country, is that uh, in, in the UK, uh, I was afforded that opportunity. And uh, I will forever be thankful, <laughs> you know, and grateful to people who, uh, who then funded me to go study uh, it sounds like a huge difference, something that oh, we obviously <laughs> wouldn't understand. Yeah, so. um, but it's, I'm sure, taught you a lot of um, things as well. Maybe not something that you would want to go through again, but it's obviously, it's taught you to be brave, maybe for your move mm-hmm. here. Like that would have taken a lot of courage to move somewhere completely different. And then obviously your appreciation for the schools, the schooling system here has probably led you in a way to where you are. Yeah, uh, that was. Uh, I guess when I when I started my job at, at Hamilton Road, it was it was good. You know, I loved the fact that uh, I was developing a, a youth ministry, as it were. You know, in the uh, in the church. But uh, four years uh, quickly flew by uh, in my time there, and uh, my contract was up for renewal, and. Um, I uh, I was asked to meet 
um, some businessmen uh, at a coffee shop in Bangor one morning uh, who were men also in our church and were some of the church leaders. And uh, they, uh, they offered me the, the, the possibility of two options. They can either renew my contract at the church for another five years uh, or uh, they could fund me to go to Queens. <laughs> and uh, um, I, uh, I, first of all, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. That, um, but they, uh, their feeling was that um, they thought that I was gifted at working with young people and, uh, and had I ever considered teaching? And I said, uh, no. <laughs> um, but they encouraged me then to, uh, to pursue a theology de- degree at Queen's. And, uh, and all, you know, although I already had a diploma um, from Bible College, I discovered when I went to the admissions office at Queen's that I basically had to start anew, which included having to do English, mathematics, and RE as a GCSE. So, <laughs> so I, had to, I had to then, you know, I had to go and sit um, English, RE, and maths, GCSE, uh, and walked into the, exa- into the exam room in Belfast, you know, a lot of people, you know, 15 and 16. And uh, so that was interesting, but it had to be done. It yeah. had to be done. And uh, um, while I was at Queen's doing theology, um, obviously I had to constantly think about uh, my future. Um, and uh, I, not being in Northern Ireland or in the UK, I had no A-levels. So uh, I spent my day at Queen's doing my degree, and then at night I went to Belfast Tech and did A-levels, uh, you know, and that ran over two or three years. Um, so those were, those were tough initially, you know, because at that stage Callum was born, and uh, I was getting home, you know, half ten, uh, and then to supplement um, my income, I took a job at Next, uh, but that was at four o'clock because it was on the delivery truck at four o'clock in the morning. So, so, so I, I was I worked for Next from four to half eight. Uh, made my way to to Bangor Central and jumped on a train to get to Queens, and then was home at eleven o'clock at night. And that oh. I did that for three years. Wow. But I had to. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a choice. Um, and, uh, you know, I had a family and they were my motivation. So it had to be done. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so you had the, it was the one, the one kid at the time. And you've got three now, don't you? I have, uh, yes. Three, yeah. Yeah, yeah. three boys, Eenie, Meenie, and Miney. So, uh, <laughs> so, <local>. uh, <laughs> hopefully. So, uh, yeah, uh, three boys. We have uh, Callum. Is uh, in year fourteen. He's deputy head boy at Portadown College. So, oh, um, and then Caleb is in year eleven. He uh, was head boy at Clowner last year uh, at his junior high school, and he's moved with his big brother now to Portadown College. And then Joel is in year eight at Clowner, and he his uh, form captain this year. Oh, so, <laughs> so, um, so the three boys, and they they keep us busy. Yeah, but it's great. Yeah, that's great. And obviously, they've had a very different upbringing from you. Um, uh, I yeah. assume you've told told them bits and pieces of what's happened. I uh, you see that. Well, <laughs> yes, I, I guess um, what, what I have done uh, a couple of years ago. Um, my dad died, you know, and that was it was a very difficult experience because um, I needed to. I needed to get home, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in order to see him. 
uh, before he passed, and uh, that never happened. Oh. You know, I, um, he died as I was actually on my way to the airport. Oh. Um, so that that the next two years was fairly difficult for me because you know I, I was. Uh, I was going through a lot of guilt of, you know, not going home to see him ever so often and moving here, you know, and um, and it was suggested to me that I I start to write things down, you know, so which is just to help with the process of grief and and so on. Yeah. So I started to do that, and uh, the more I wrote, uh, the more, you know, it, it helped me, you know, but eventually that little exercise then turned into writing an autobiography. Oh wow. you know, so, <laughs> You know, well, that sounds uh, like so, it would be worth a read, yeah. definitely. So, um, so that's what I'm I'm busy with, and um, I, I'm going to be big five zero in in a few months from now, and I've kind of set that uh, as a target for deadline. finishing. Okay. But to answer your question, um, you know, a lot of what is in the book, you know, is there for the boys, you know, so that yeah. they can uh, that they can understand. Uh, life, you know, in South Africa, and then also yeah, you know. Yeah. But it, it's it's trying, I guess, uh, it's trying to keep them grounded, you know, that they um, uh, that they realize the value of things, you know, and uh, you know they they are very blessed to have what they have, you know, and uh, but it's it, it's just trying to keep them grounded and, and making them appreciate the things that they have. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Um, in terms of um, then, but you're saying they're in Portadown College, so you travel quite far then here in the mornings too, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I travel, but the, the problem is it's it's not an issue. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's not as far. <laughs> you know, in uh, it's funny because, uh, you know, in Cape Town, you'll travel for an hour and you're still in the city. Oh, wow. You know, so uh, it's, it's not, you know, um, and the, the other area of complication is is that I don't sleep much so uh, I I'm up half four quarter to five every morning so it's really you know it works for me half your day is over yeah. by the time you're going to work so, <laughs> yeah. so ever ever so often poor Jonathan our caretaker at school uh, would get a call from me asking to open the school at six in the morning because I think I'm just coming into work so poor Johnny um, you get your key card. <laughs> I know <laughs> so um but yeah, uh, the traveling is, is not an issue, you know, and uh, I guess the other thing is um, a lot of other people travel and I'm sure people travel from Kukil to, you know, to wherever they work and, uh, and it's great thinking time, mm -hmm. you know, it's great thinking time and ever so often, you know, while I'm driving, I can push the record button on the phone and, you know, remind myself of things that I need to do mm -hmm. or things that if I have an idea about something, you know, uh, it's there, but you know, it gives me an hour, well, two hours of driving a day, uh, but it does provide me with with thinking time, which is great. You know, that sounds That's good. Great. I would never have thought of pressing the record button. It's just like, <laughs> oh, is that right? Put the yeah. music on and screech your whole way down the road. <laughs> I listen to podcasts. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> it was, not even a plug. It was Ryan actually that told me about podcasts, and I was like, yeah, I'm in. What is it? Oh, yes. <laughs> no idea yeah. at the start. But um. So can we pick up on the story again? Just um, so we've got you as far as Queens. Uh, you've studied theology, and yeah. So you've walked out of Queens with a. You've walked out of Queens with a degree in theology. Oh what yeah. What happens next? Uh huh. Um, I uh, was a wee bit annoyed because I I think I was short of one point two percent to get a first, oh, but no. they they wouldn't give it to me. But hey, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I was delighted to. Uh, 
um, to have done the degree. And um, I'm very thankful to uh, those businessmen who supported me and my family for uh, for the three years. Um, I uh, Julie and I then considered um, the teaching, obviously, uh, as an option. And um, on the other side of that coin was going into the ministry. And uh, because I had... Uh, Pastored a church in, um, helped pastor a church in Namibia in my time that I was there. Um, I knew what it was like, and uh, I hadn't given the the teaching, you know, a, a go, and um, that looked like a, a positive option, and I wanted to pursue that, you know, just to see if it would work or not, you know. So I uh, I then applied for a PGCE and had to sit the interview and um, and got through, and in April. Of the of my PGCE, uh, all pupils are then you know students at Queens are applying for jobs you know whatever comes. Um, Antrim Grammar School uh, was seeking to employ a head of department for religious studies, and uh, although I hadn't taught yet, I uh, I thought I'd just fill in the application and see where that gets me. It it got me an interview. Uh, and it then got me a job 25 minutes later. Wow. You know, so, wow. so um, uh, you know, so that was great. Um, obviously, it was nerve-wracking because uh, I now had to work with colleagues who had been teaching for years, and uh, I was now to be their, uh, their leader, as it were, within the department. Um, but, uh, you know, in many ways, uh, you, you look back and all the bits of things, pieces you've done over the years, you know, God kind of uses that to prepare you for where you are. And I had to view it from that point of view. Um, but uh, it was lovely. I had a great time at Antrim Grammar and I loved the school and, and the pupils. And um, But uh, development wise uh, and professional development, you know, a time had come where I uh, I applied for senior management positions and I didn't get it, you know. And better people got to the post, and that was just that's just part of the deal. And I, I was happy with that. Um, and uh, it just so happened <laughs> that one morning I was down uh, um, in the technology department for a coffee, where kind of all the uh, dare I say the younger staff uh, would have <laughs> hung out. Uh, I can't say that these days, but. Um, uh, and one of my colleagues was looking to apply uh, to Kilkeel High School because they were looking for a vice principal. And it was the first time I had heard mention of Kilkeel High School. And that was the Friday, and the application was due in on the Tuesday, the next Tuesday. Um, so Julie and I discussed it over the weekend, and we we made a very quick application uh, to Kilkeel High and got an interview and uh, and got the job as VP. Brilliant. Um, well, the year that you started in Kilkeel High, which was 2014? 2014. Was the same year I started in Kilkeel High. Correct, Ryan. And I know I'm not alone in saying this, but whenever you started in Kilkeel High, obviously uh, I had started as well. And we sort of, I think we sort of hit it off pretty quickly. And you ended up being the RE teacher and um, for us as well, covering and rugby coach as well so we we saw a lot of each other we did ryan um, yeah and i know personally and a few other people said this to me and um, whenever we've been talking about you and it's all been good things but oh, right. okay. uh, <laughs> you, you made a big impact on the pupils straight away that um a lot of us fell in love with you very quickly and um, you made big impacts in our e-class with even the stories that you tell 
um, the way that you teach, it, uh, it's very personal. Um, you, you can relate the subject that you're teaching very well to your pupils. It makes it very close to the heart. Um, uh, probably this is a good opportunity for us to say, I'm going to set this coffee eventually. It's, <laughs> it's I'm, I'm, hovering. I'm, I'm, I'm hovering in my mouth. <laughs> um, it's probably a good opportunity to say thank you. Um, and it's not just I for me, it's for a lot of pupils. Um, is that your style of teaching or do you, is it just from the heart what you what you come out with is just yeah I guess for for any for any subject teacher it's trying to relate you know the the, the knowledge aspect of the subject to to everyday life you know and I, I do think uh, religious studies is, is way ahead of the game in that way because a lot of it you know it's it's not just factual it's also life you know and uh, um, you know trying to make the Bible relevant to uh, to my own life and to lives of young people is is key for me, you know, and and I think that uh, the other thing that uh, the Bible does is it, it's constantly challenging us, you know, and I think that's the other thing, you know, and uh, my job is uh, is to challenge pupils with as far as their thinking is concerned, you know, it's it's not it's not to decide for them. But it's to challenge their own thinking, to to give them alternative options, and then to make a, a, a decision. You know, and 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 I know that for myself. You know, I uh, when I was growing up, um, mom uh, raised me as an Anglican, um, and uh, dad was not very much involved in in, in religious religious upbringing, should I say? Um, but uh, when I was six, I went to. Uh, uh, a holiday club, a Bible holiday club, and I, I only went for two reasons: a, uh, they were they were giving away free food, uh, <laughs> and b, there was a, a six-year-old like myself in, in my class, my class at school called Catherine, and she was going, and I, I had to be there, of course, you know, <laughs> and that's the only reason I, I attended that event. But that morning, uh, the lady uh, who they seem to call a missionary who was from the States, um, spoke to us about uh, Jesus being uh, the shepherd and we being the sheep. And uh, I very much identified with the lost sheep, you know, and uh, and, and that was a, a very much a turning point in my own life, you know, that, that event. But uh, when, when I was 12 or 13, I, I started this quest of, uh, of wanting to find out the truth. You know, it's not about what I'm hearing in church. It's not what I'm hearing from other, you know, fellow Christians. It's not, you know, I wanted to be sure that if I was going to dedicate my life to Christianity, that it was worth it, mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, and I did that, you know, and I read just about everything I could um, in order to get to an understanding, you know, if the Bible is is true and if it is uh if it is what God is trying to communicate to us, uh, it's going to have to impact my life in some stage, you know. And uh, as a young person, you know, I had to make decisions about my own morality uh, and my own, you know, outlook on life, my aspect with other people, my relationships, my, you know, what I thought about in South Africa, white people, you know, all those sort of things, the Bible was going to impact that. And I needed to be sure that uh, it was true. And uh, and I guess that's what I try to do in my own teaching, you know. Um, you know, uh, it's not just about knowledge, 
you know, it's a bad life because bottom line is, you know, at some stage in the game, we are going to be knocking heads with people who have different opinions, views and so on than we do, you know. Uh, and we have to get to a, a point where we can communicate, yeah. you know, and also learn, you know. And I guess that's that's the challenge, you know. And one of the things that really shocked me when I arrived in Northern Ireland was the amount of churches that I, uh, <laughs> you know, I really yeah. did, you know. Uh, you know, it was the one thing. And I remember, I think that the first time I, I preached in Hamilton Road, um, the first day I was there, you know, I, I think I'd made a comment about that. You know, I'd never seen a place with so many churches, you know. But I guess that uh, that was key for me. You know, if, if the Bible is true, it has to impact me, you know. And uh, it's going to challenge my lifestyle. It's going to challenge my thinking. It's going to challenge my outlook on life, how I relate to people. And it's also going to challenge how I teach. You know, and uh, and that's why I do what I do, Ryan. And that's why I've had to challenge your class and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and many other classes. But there, there it is. Yeah. Well, um, looking back, it was all the challenges that you, you did put forward. Um, I remember having lots of discussions. I, I remember one, um, we had around the the Lord's Supper. I think it was. It was. Um, yeah. I remember. I remember a few conversations about that. Um, but they were challenging. But then. You, you left the classroom and you left school and you went home and you sort of you sat back and you thought about it and it you sort of had an argument inside your own head yeah um, and I suppose that's what you were looking for that's exactly what I was looking, exactly for. What you were looking for <laughs> if only I was able to write that down on paper <laughs> yeah and I guess that you know that's the thing you know because uh, w- when we grow up we uh, we align ourselves to the views of our parents and you know people we look up to you know yeah. But at some stage of the game, we are going to have to make a decision for ourselves, you know, and it depends on the information that we have in front of us, mm-hmm. you know, as to, you know, um, as to what decision we make, you know, because bottom line, you know, we all go at some stage, we're going to become spouses, we're going to become parents. Uh, and in my situation, you know, uh, I know having the three boys, uh, the one thing I, I was... Uh, I always wanted to impress upon my, my boys uh, is that A, their opinion matters and B, that I'm there to listen, you know. And I may not agree with decisions they make. They may not agree with the decisions I make as their father, you know. But at some stage of the game, you know, they have to make a decision based on the relationship and what I've communicated to them as, as a father, you know. And it's good to know that... Uh, you know, Callum in particular, you know, um, is very involved in church and so on. Uh, but it's good to see all three of them, you know, uh, having some sort of balance. And I think, Ryan, if you can remember, that was the one one word I constantly pushed mm-hmm. in, 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 uh, in class was we want to raise, when people leave Kilkilhai, you know, we want to know that they are balanced in their thinking. You know, we, we are not there to decide for them. You know, we cannot, you know, but, uh, you know, every time they sit in a classroom, whatever subject it is, you know, that when they leave our doors, you know, we, we know that they, there goes a young man or lady who, who is balanced in the thinking, you know, and we can wish them well. It's mm-hmm. a great way to be, like a father figure nearly to your students as well. You've adopted that role oh, like that. as a teacher <laughs> and as yeah. a father, which it is great. Because I know... Even outside the classroom, if there was something wrong, there was no, like, I could knock on Mr. Court's door, no bother, and we could sit and have a casual chat, 
you didn't feel as though you were teach, you're talking to your vice principal or your principal. You're talking mm. to your, you know, talking to a friend almost. Mm. Um, and that's what made it all a lot easier for a lot of pupils. Um, that open door that you had and the ability to sort of relate to your pupils and just sort of take the take the corporate facade off everything and just sit down and, and chat. have a chat. Yeah. Um, that was really helpful. Sounds great. I feel like I've missed out something fierce because you were <laughs> long <laughs> after my time is what I was saying earlier. Um, I left yeah. in 2011, so it was a few years after I left um, until yeah. you came along. So I missed all this, but it is really great yeah. to hear and it's great to see obviously that you're getting on well in the school at the minute you're here you've been there four years now then yeah and it's great you know i mean uh i must say that you know a couple of weeks ago months ago now in fact i was driving into Kilkeel very early one morning and uh i drove that around the harbor there you know and you you do get a feeling you know that i really love this place you know and i do love the school you know uh and it's a it's a good it's a good place to be you know and we we, we've got a long journey to go as as a school, but you know we, we're getting there. You know, and uh, it, it was it was great to have uh, you know Mr. Cunningham not just as a former principal, but also as a friend. You know, and and ever so often, you know, I'm always picking his brain. You know, uh, and uh, and if I you know if I didn't do that, I would be stupid. You know, because you know somebody with with with, with that much experience. Yeah. You know, not just in education, but. Uh, you know, but just with the knowledge of Kilkeel and the school and the community, you know, um, and it, it's good always to have him uh, as a sounding board. And, and ever so often when, you know, we need to change things, you know, I would say to him, David, what do you think about that? You know, uh, and that's that's been great for me. It's great there that he's a support for you as well, I suppose. Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah it's great that so. he doesn't just let the reins go and walks away. He's still there. <laughs> he's still there, and that's, that's good, you know. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, one thing, well, I know I know from just a switch subject, I know that from being in school with you, um, you're quite a big sports fan as well. And this is sort of the part of the podcast when Amy's working I was off. just about to say, right? like, shall I go get so another like, coffee? Yeah. <laughs> Like I love sports and I love I love talking about sports to people and with people. Um, I know whenever whenever we were in school we played rugby and uh, that was a big thing for all of us fellas. It it really it really helped us you know take a break from all that studying. We you know we were studying flat out. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. whatever. <laughs> well, the, the the rugby was great, you know, and uh, I I do know that um, many years prior, Mr. Barton had a mm-hmm. had a rugby team too, yeah. and then things kind of died down and. Uh, um, I remember the first meeting we had, we didn't have enough boys to play because obviously hockey would be our, mm-hmm. our yeah. top sport and then there were boys playing football and, you know, uh, and it was great to go to St. Louis and, and have a chat with Mr. Martin and some of the boys then came to play rugby with us, and uh, which was brilliant, you know, but then even taking that team to to Antrim Grammar, I remember mm-hmm. Ryan, I'm to go play there. I'm and, not uh, forget that one. <laughs> oh boy, it's a lot of so, competition uh, there. Uh, sure. and, and, you know, and, and that was great, you know, and, and yeah. to see how, um, to see how, okay. sorry, that was my phone. To see how the rugby has progressed um, is good. And now we have girls playing as well, so. Uh, and the girls are doing well now, aren't they? Girls are doing well, yeah. They had a good tournament not so long ago, and we have another one in uh, in December. We uh, we were one try short of making it to Dublin today, uh, so we were not in we we were not welcome to go to Dublin today for to go play schools there. 
But um, hopefully, if we do better in December, we'll we'll be there. Very good. It's bad for them, but it's good for us because it means you're here. Yeah, in previous schools and then over in South, South rugby's big in South Africa. It is. Was that your Was that your thing? Did you play over there? Or yeah, I, I played. Uh, I, I played rugby at school. Yeah, um, both at primary and secondary, and uh, played scrum off and full back. And then when I moved to Northern Ireland, I um, when I was twenty one, I, I tore my cruciate in a football match, so I always had knee problems. And um, when I moved to Northern Ireland, I played football in Bangor, and then moved to Armagh. I played rugby for the second team in in thirds in in Ama, and I love that, you know. Um, and I guess uh, being a, a South African, you know, there's always an affiliation to rugby. Um, you should be good. You're supposed, <laughs> you're supposed to be good. <laughs> you're supposed to be good. You're supposed to be good. But uh, no, I love the game, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I I manage and coach uh, under thirteen football team now. Um, but it's great to to continue rugby at school. Yeah. You need to wrap up, right? I'll give it two, two or three more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just, uh, we'll maybe get you back some other time if you're free. I, I would to. be, yeah. Um, we're sort of, I feel like being in the classroom with you, I feel as though we're only scratching the surface because you told us so many stories in my <laughs> class and I, I just... <laughs> Oh, I remember them all, and they're all brilliant. I'm so intrigued. Um, yeah, to be like, honest, this is like we great. Didn't, so we far. didn't really cover um, your time in Namibia at all, but no. you have so many stories about Namibia. Uh, Maybe they're uh, all in the autobiography, are they? Well, uh, uh, quite a few of them they, are. They couldn't all be in. Yeah, not, not everyone, not everything. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Ryan, I'd be, I'd be more than happy to come back and and you know and talk about that. You know, I mean, my I guess my role in Namibia was to develop ministry with young people and uh, that meant that I did a lot of work at night when other people were sleeping uh, and one of that was to uh, to keep boys from uh, from hurting and killing each other you know um, so that was interesting you know but uh, I, I loved it you know and some of those uh, those young people remain you know friends to this day and they have their own families and um, but it, it yeah I loved it it was a good time yeah yeah no we'll definitely get you back and we'll we'll talk a wee bit more um but um you need to you need to head on i need to go and lead a senior management meeting that's where i need to go to. Oh, that's, <laughs> that sounds fun so, um, so yes thank you very much for coming thank you so and, much uh, ryan thank you so we much we will get you back sometime very soon okay and uh, so that's uh mr court victor court the principal of kilkey high school and um, you guys have social media we do um facebook yeah. And uh, a website. website. And, What's yeah. your website? www.kilkilhigh.org.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, www. yeah. Correct. Brilliant. All right. Thanks, Thanks very much for coming. Thanks, Thank you. All, right. All the best. Today's podcast was recorded from the Granite Room in Maiden Morn. Supplying great coffee and great scones. <laughs>